Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 105. This is the second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Straight to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. For Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in solar, electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, we welcome back for the season. We have them for five minutes, not just with the NHL Network, but now with ESPN, Kevin Weeks. Hello, Kevin. How you doing? I'm good, stuff. Hope everybody's doing well back there in Berta, too. All's good. What about you? Well, we're doing all right. We're looking forward to the start of the season. Uh, congratulations yep. on your uh, new role with ESPN, and we caught you right in the studio as we speak. Uh, how oh, often how, how often are you going to be on uh, ESPN, and uh, what about NHL Network? What's the split there for you? Yeah, so uh, I'm literally at NHL Network now. We actually have... Dave Axel coming on in about 10 minutes, Seattle's new head coach. So uh, I'll be here about 100 times, NHL Network, and then uh, ESPN's probably about 50 to 70 times, and then some TSN, too, back home. So you know I'm always on the grind. It yeah. doesn't stop, and that's the same way, just like you, buddy. You know how we do it. Yeah, well, and, and that's the, the best guy's grind. That's all there is to it. It's funny. Uh, we got Mike Babcock coming up. Zach Hyman ended up in Edmonton, and you know because you spent a lot of time, obviously, you grew up in Toronto. The amount mm-hmm. of criticism that Babcock, and hey, there's lots of people have lots of thoughts on Babcock, but the one guy that he was unquestionably right on is a guy that Edmonton's benefiting from right now, and you can already see mm-hmm. the impact that Hyman's going to make. Just your thoughts and overall assessment, Edmonton's off-season moves, and when you're talking about the Pacific Division uh, with your ESPN mm-hmm. and NHL Network uh, uh, fellow broadcasters, what's the general consensus on how the orders look? Well, I think I love Zach Hyman. I've loved him since he's a kid. Uh, I really like his game. He's complete. You never have to ask anything of him. Expectations of himself and of his teammates are always high. So is his commitment. So for a guy like Babs or any coach, you, know, you never have to wonder what he's bringing to the rink. You never have to wonder what he's bringing to the gym. You never have to wonder what he's bringing uh, in terms of his approach to the game, his commitment to excellence. And that's infectious, right? And you complement that with Connor and Leon and Darnell. Uh, Mike Smith, who's in outstanding shape, too, as, as much as those aforementioned guys are as well. And now you have somebody that can play anywhere in your top six, any role, because he has more skill than people give him credit for. But he has jam, and he has that jam. He, he's, he's a four-check machine. Uh, he back-checks. He's just every shift he does the right thing. So I think that that's a hole that they really needed there. There's a ton of skill, but he brings an element that they don't have. As far as in general, I love the signing. Um, I certainly love Darnell getting locked up as well. You've heard me lauding his praises here with you this last year. Yep. I felt Darnell should have been higher up in the Norris Trophy conversation last year. You saw what he did in the postseason with those massive minute games. He had his best offensive season. He played in all situations. He can fight. He does it all. So uh, I, I love that signing. And I think all things being equal, uh, Tyson Berry, you know, he, he was so good there, which you were, you were lauding him last year as you should have been, especially – on the power play. And as far as just Pacific division in general, I think outside of Vegas, really, and even with Vegas, like 
even though they've got the squad, I like their team. I talked to Mark Stone about it in Chicago a couple of weeks back in the player media tour, but they don't have the flower anymore. And Robin Leonard can kick. We know that. Like Bingo. He's a good goalie, but that's that could be a, a huge wild card for them. We'll see how that goes. Uh, obviously, you're pulling for him as, a, as the president of the goalie union. You want to see him do well, but um, I'm curious to see where Vegas lands this year. And I really think this stop, and for a lot of the listeners, I think the Pacific's wide open this year. I really do. Yeah. I think it's a wide-open Pacific division this year. Well, we should mention Edmonton, three points behind Vegas two years ago when we got shut down. Last year, Edmonton, mm-hmm. last year, Edmonton finished second in Canada. I don't think there's any debate mm-hmm. the Oilers have improved their their you know their forwards. No question. question. No question. Question marks on the back end. One final one for you, just on Duncan Keith. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of criticism on some, some numbers. My theory is when you're the best mm-hmm. defenseman on a bad team, you look bad too because you play the most, and he's played the most in Chicago for 16 straight eight years what sort of yep. addition do you think he can be for Edmonton I think really good I, I like Dunks I've always liked him since he came in the league what I like about Dunks is same thing commitment to excellence he's a full hockey guy uh, and hockey person what I mean by that is he eats sleeps and breathes and drinks the game he's impeccable it's same thing conditioning he, he's way younger than his age in spite of all the miles that he's played as a testament really to his conditioning and his commitment to his fitness and, hey, look, you got a Hall of Fame defenseman that's won three cups and two Norrises. And if there's anybody that knows the recipe for winning, he's one of them. So you'd have to pluck somebody from the Hawks or somebody from Pitt. Well, let's sit in those guys. Both those two teams have six combined cup wins. If you're not a sponge listening to everything that Duncan Keith has to say and you're playing for the oil, if you're not one of the young players who has the opportunity, be it Evan Bouchard, be it, Yamamoto, any of those young players, I would be like in his pocket, pregame routine, post-practice routine, whatever it is. And I really think that he'll he'll have a nice impact on that club, not only on the ice, but I think a lot of it would be his leadership and his his level of preparation and what's been a Hall of Fame career. And I still think he has more to give. A week ago today, I was flying into Seattle, busing into Everett, and they shut down the I-5 in the return trip back into Seattle. 20 hours for the Oilers last week, in and out, uh, to play the game there. Enjoy Dave Haxtell. Kevin, we'll find a day to make it work uh, during the year. I know you're going to be super busy. Love having you back here in Oilers now. You too, Stoff. Love you, my man. Thanks, and thanks to all the fans back there in, uh, in Britta. Hope everybody's doing well. There you go. That is Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack. Canadian Power Pack is Alberta's leader in solar, electrical construction and service, electrical, prefabrication, and solar. There you have it. Uh, yeah, interesting stuff. No question about it. Now, this is Oilers Now. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Reminder, you can reach us at any time in the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We've got a, a window here of about 12 to 14 minutes. We're going to talk with Mike Babcock 
now head coach of the Saskatchewan Huskies. They play the Alberta Golden Bears tonight. Uh, we're going to hit on a multitude of different topics coming up. But when we come back, we're going to get into your text on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, 780-496-0063. Lots of text, lots of thoughts on Paul Yarby. Lots of text. The Oilers, by the way, have wrapped up practice now. Uh, they're playing a little game where they uh, chip the pucks uh, into the uh, into the uh, leather uh, holder that brings the pucks out of the ice. It's pretty interesting watching this. Anyhow, uh, several of you have thoughts. Was it a necessary fight last night between Zach Cassie and Zach McEwen? Are the Oilers in need of an enforcer? Are you old school if you think and believe in enforcers? That's one of the questions that's getting asked today. Also, yes, Apoliarvi. Did you see this coming? I like the guys that admit, you know what, stuff. Like, I will tell you right now, there were there were moments with certain Oilers coaches that I was like, just play them. Just play them and see what would happen. But towards the end, it got apparent during the end of uh, Ken Hitchcock's time here with Paul Yarby, it wasn't in a good place, and they just shut it down. And now, yes, it ended up having double hip surgery. Is he here if the Oilers had a first-time general manager? Maybe not. Maybe that's a, an asset that got moved. Oh, speaking of assets... I'm going to discuss an asset at 116. You're going to want to hear this comment coming up on Orders Now when we return. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. I'm stunned Leon Dreisaitl has been named to the uh, German Olympic team already. That is just shocking that he was, yeah. Anyhow. You can text us at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, Jesse's double hip surgery never seems to get mentioned. Well, you know, and I was asked about this last night, actually, uh, uh, on the uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers show as well, and I know I've discussed it with Jack on numerous occasions and Cam Moon as well and on this show. There's several things that occurred here that resulted in Yessa Pugliarvi having a chance to live up to the fourth overall billing, okay? First of all, the player has to get credit. He's come in, he's done the work, he's focused, he's had the right attitude from the opening day of training camp last year. And he impressed his teammates and he became a guy that his teammates were cheering for. So he did it. Number two, we do need to factor in that he had double hip surgery. He wasn't at 100% towards the end of the 18-19 season when he was in Edmonton, and it was bad. I was there in Carolina. Walking back with Miko Koskinen uh, after a it was on a non-game day practice day, and then next day they played, and it was not at a good it, you know it was not a, it was a tough situation. Pulleyarvi was frustrated; he wasn't feeling great. He ended up getting the double hip surgery. Went back to Finland, and you have a scenario where Ken Holland comes in, an experienced general manager, a less experienced manager. Maybe moves moves Pugliarvi. Again, I sug- I'm, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm the one who suggested Henrik Borgstrom because I think Borgstrom has a chance to be a third-line center. It's like, well, maybe Pugliarvi could be a top-six forward. Well, right now, yes, Pugliarvi looks like he's on the precipice of becoming a first-line forward. It's got to be stated. You'd have to be, if you can't see it during the course of a game, it's, it's really obvious. You know, and, and he had moments last year. There were glimpses last year, but he was, the thing is, he was steady and direct in, in terms of the roots with the puck and consistent and backtracking. And 
And so Paulie Arby's ongoing maturation, the addition of Zach Hyman, to me, has changed the complexion and the makeup of the order forward units. And then they get Fogle and Ryan, who are both smart players. And you add those guys to the top nine, so they're in a different place. So, now, Brendan, I did mention that I was going to talk about another potential asset, right? Yes, sir. What do you think that is? Well, my guess was Josh Archibald, because I wonder where he slots into this, but maybe the medical situation is too muddy. Yeah, that takes him out. So, here's the thing. The Oilers' logic will dictate that because of injuries and positional need, Edmonton's going to have their last three three first-round picks not playing in Edmonton this season. Okay? Xavier Burgos already gone back to the Quebec League. He was drafted 22nd overall in the draft. Dylan Holloway, wrist surgery. They got to get that situation right. He's out three to four months. He's going to Bakersfield when he comes back. And then you have Broberg, who may be a paper transaction to the active roster. You could see that occur early next week. But he's going to play a large portion of this year. Um, with the Bakersfield Condors. That's three first-round guys they've got percolating in the organization growing. It is my prediction that if Edmonton ends up being a top-eight team in the league, this is the year to move the first-round pick. If the combination of Smith and Koskinen... I mean, last year they stunned everybody. They were seventh in the NHL in save percentage at 9-10. Mike Smith was 9-23. Miko was at 8-99. I actually think Miko can be between 907 and 912 this year. You could totally see that happening. And maybe maybe Mike Smith is only 910 to 912 after 923. Though there's some things that he's changed in terms of his outlook and some work he's done with a new goaltending coach that I've but bottom line here is I do believe that the Oilers will be looking to add if they're clearly at a I think deep down inside, Ken Holland knew the lay of the land with his team, right? In 2019-20 and in 2020-2021. And the trade they made for Detroit with Athanasiu, they gave up two second-round picks for a guy that needed to be qualified as a restricted free agent who had had a 30-goal season a couple years earlier. Now, we didn't know that the pandemic was going to shut the league down and collapse the cap. Nobody could have foreseen that happen when that trade got made. However... You know, the way it worked out, it didn't work out. So not trading Paul Yarby worked out, but giving up the two number twos for Athanasio, that's a bogey. That's a that's a trade that, you know, people say, yep, that one did not work out for us. Here's why we did it. We wanted to upgrade the team. The player, if Edmonton were to theoretically move their first-round pick, it would either be for, uh, I would assume, for a goaltender that they would believe that they could sign to an extension or, conversely, has term left. That would be one scenario. Or a player that can help him in a designated spot, that would have term left as well. But it is my belief that if the Oilers are, and they've since December 31st of 2019, they've got the sixth best winning percentage in the NHL. If they're sitting there as one of those teams, I could see Edmonton adding this year, especially since they've got three first-round picks percolating in the organization. I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but it just logically makes too much sense to potentially look at going down that path. This would be the team. They didn't, they didn't trade the first-round pick the last two years, but they're in a little bit different situation this year. I mean, that's, that's my perspective. Ah, it is what it is. 
Bob, if uh, people don't see uh, that Yesapol Yarvi is a first-line player, they have too much hate and knock on the guy. Well, he's become, to me, he's on the precipice. It's kind of hard to argue. Based on preseason, he's looked like a friend. I know... Um, I, I, I know it's just preseason, but he's looked pretty good. Uh, Randy adds, Bob Pogliarvi, uh, my read all along the timeline was influenced by Brian Burke's weekly guest spot. He always supported the pick, and that carries a lot of weights with the fans. I didn't like Jesse's attitude at first uh, with the first stint and how it went. Credit to Holland and Tippett for how it was handled. Well, Ken Holland, Dave Tippett, they worked on managing the relationship and and. and you know, working with Jesse. Paul Yarvey's got to get credit. Jesse's agency, open to it as well. Some agents would just say, no, done, over, moving on. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, what are the Oilers' chances of getting uh, Gibson out of Anaheim at the deadline? A couple of things with John Gibson, for me, last two years haven't been great. He, he's, he's gotten a little bit nicked up. Love him. Okay, when he's been healthy and playing well, he's one of the top five goaltenders in the world. I think it would be because it's Anaheim. I think it would be a five-piece, five-asset piece trade with at least one first-round pick and possibly one of the guys we just mentioned that went in the first round in the last three years. I think that would be the starting point from Anaheim, and then one of the Oilers' goaltending prospects. So they've got Skinner, they've got Konovalov, and they've got Rodrigue, and then they'd have to take on some money. Five pieces. Benny says, Bob, just go get John Gibson. Uh, Stop wasting everybody's time and just get him. He's the franchise goalie Edmonton wants and needs. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, Connor McDavid has had a lot to do with, yes, Apoliarvi's growth as a player. Um... Isaac from Darwell says, Bob, if you were the GM and you move the first-round pick, if the Oilers are in position to possibly go far in the playoffs, do you add a goalie or a forward? Well, I mean, I want to see how the two goalies. I need to see who's going to be potentially available this summer, goaltending-wise. We all know Koskinen's deal is up at $4.5 million. Uh, You have Skinner coming. Can he be a 20- to 30-game starter by this time next fall? I mean, if he puts in a 45 to 50 game season in the AHL where he's a 915 plus save percentage, he might have your answer for you. Bob, I, for one, was one of the people that was in Yes Paul Yarvey's uh, corner uh, because of the raw tools, easy to spot. Sorry, Todd McClellan. Did I see a 30 goal score? Question mark, 40 goals. Given a proper chance, I say yes. McClellan had him on the power play once Jesse made a bad pass. That was the end of a brutal. Uh, well, I don't know if Jesse, like again in his first stint, did he look like a 30 or 40 goal scorer? I think he could be. Again, he's 23. Is he 23? Or is he, yeah, he's 23 now. I think Yesapoliarvi this year, somewhere between 21 to 26, 27 goals. I hope I've underestimated. And he far exceeds those totals. Bob, it's time to go get John Gibson. Yamamoto, a first plus Rodriguez gets it done, and then they take the salary for Koskinen um, with an escalating pick in 2023 based on playoff rounds one. 
Yeah, there'd be a lot of support to get Gibson. There's no question. Bob, what do you think of Ricard Raquel for the for a first and a prospect? Bonafide heavy hitter, sniper on the right side. Uh, I need to look at the contract on Ricard Raquel. Let me just... Just since we brought up two guys off, and I do think Anaheim's going to be 7th or 8th. I know we've got Fear the Finn, the San Jose Sharks fan. He took offense last night to me suggesting that uh, San Jose and Anaheim are going to be 7th and 8th overall in the division. I should know better than to uh, go against Doug Wilson, but this might be the... I, I believe the analogy I gave was the San Jose Sharks are like a guy who's three-quarters bald who just needs to realize he's got to go and shave that dome right off. Take that final plunge and commit to rebuilding. But what do I know? I'm just a guy. Back to Anaheim here for a second. The Ducks. Uh, Ricard Raquel, had the, he's. this is the last year of his deal. He's UFA. Edmonton would need to have a, you know, a pre-existing conversation to know that they could extend Raquel as a right, as right side guy. Now, in terms of Gibson, he's got several years left at $6.4 million per. Pretty good goaltender. And he's got a modified no-trade clause. Though I am hearing some rumblings he might be open to a potential move. Keep it coming. Love it. Lots of text to get to. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you here on Oilers Now. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Vehicles are in short supply, but Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin want you to know that they do have a full-size Ford Bronco in stock. If you call out, one of the boys will shoot a video to you. But even better, stop by Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin and see them for yourself. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Saskatchewan Huskies head coach, he led Canada to two gold medals at the Olympics, Mike Babcock, when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.